Hello and welcome to You Wear It Well. You wear it well. I'm Sophie Chirara, features editor. I'm joined by Connor Allison, reporter. Hello. And Michael Saw, editor. Oh, hello. And this is the BFF Forever edition. Are we going to explain what BFF... BFF is just we're all best friends. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. And we're not going to talk about BF, which is the day it is today. Fair. I I think three strikes and you're out. Maybe. Okay, I'm gonna get one BF in BF. Right, I've got two. Do no, is that do doesn't we, count. Do if you if you refer to it, if you refer to it three times, you just have to get up and leave the room. Okay, could be just you doing the yeah. by the end of it. But it's no. fine. It's my ultimate goal. <laughs> yeah. But we can talk about BFG. Which oh, we were talking about yesterday. I love BFG. That is in my top three. Roll dolls. Yeah, I'm a big fan of roll doll. What's your favourite? Who's your favourite? Matilda. Oh my god, Matilda! I like the twits. I also that like is not what I expected witches. him to say. I know that. I feel like that was just under pressure just the, answer, wasn't it? The, uh, you don't I mean, really mean that. I'm Matilda's like, great. I just but... don't really. I mean, my roll doll. You could have had Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. You could have had George's Marvelous Medicine. You could have. Ah, oh, so many. You went with Matilda. Well, to be honest, that's just kind of the first one. I wasn't even sure that was Roald Dahl. I don't <laughs> think we can be friends anymore, basically, mm. based on that. I mean, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, naturally, great. A um, lot of chocolate. So, immediately what? in like anyone's top five. What's there not to like? Can we? What's everyone's least favourite Roald Dahl? What's the one Ooh. Danny champion in the world? Oh, it's yeah, a bit yeah. scary. I think it was like the last one I scary. read. Yeah, it's a bit weird. What it's a bit too weird. There's some kind of like poaching, like yeah. traps, and someone gets caught in a trap. That's my mm. main memory. Oh, you of could it. have said Fantastic Mr. Fox as well. Sorry, never read. Back to the good stuff. Never read that one. Oh, I'll lend it to you. Cheers, man. <laughs> <laughs> we can also talk about BFFs, mm-hmm. as the name suggests. Yeah, and basically any peripheral around BF, we can just. We can talk about CF. I made a list of all these yesterday. CF crowdfund this. Okay, nice. Oh Was yeah, that crowdfund this this week. Oh, Connor, you can It was the Circa uh, Smart Alarm Clock, which basically does your sleep tracking, which was quite interesting. Cool. Is that on Kickstarter or Indiegogo? It is on Kickstarter, approaching its €100,000 goal. Still got a couple nice. of weeks to go. Get That's not it. wearable. Sleep tracking, though, so... <laughs> <laughs> we've got a little... Uh, just actually just had that thought. That's not wearable. Mm. Maybe that can be on our yeah. new site, which we are launching called The Ambient. What's that called? The ambient. When's it launching? Soon. soon. <laughs> BFC. BBC. Mm-hmm. It's not as related to the letters BF. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Who's your BFF on the team, Mike? Oh, this could be controversial. Mm. Nobody. I don't. Mike know. does. Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf. Yeah. I'm lone, a lone Wolf. Trinidadian Wolf. Yeah. Mm. Connor. Um, neither of you two. Say the right say, thing. Say the I'd right say the, thing. I'd say the two. The two big lads, you're fighting. Oh out. God! You two, not as much. Job's definitely on the line with <laughs> that response. So for our BF counter programming, we are not going to talk about discounts or sales. We are going to talk about a few of the smaller stories in wearable tech and VR at the moment. I wanted to talk about my lovely afternoon that I spent at the Tate Modern, hmm. where I saw the Medigliani exhibition. How do you say that? Medigliani. I hope that's right. Yeah. But yeah, it's sound, right. It sounds right. I mean, it's probably like the northern way of saying it, but that's fine. <laughs> so the reason I was invited is because um, they had a VR room with a bunch of HTC Vives, 
where you sat down actually it wasn't like a roaming around kind of thing and they recreated the studio of the artist from 1919 which is the year before he died and it was yeah a cg recreation you kind of sit in one chair and then you sit in another chair and you just kind of look around mm. you use gaze controls to kind of unlock these kind of audio like spoken word performances of like real source material the big deal about this is it was Tate Modern's kind of digital team and this studio called Preloaded, which has, you know, won a bunch of awards for kind of VR games and things. The big thing was that they wanted to be like as historically accurate as possible. So they didn't just kind of like imagine what it would be like. They kind of looked at the sources. They asked like antique historians. They recreated the paintings, which is quite cool. So they kind of did x-rays um, of the paintings and the pigments and the textures. So you can sit in front of a self-portrait within this VR recreation of his studio and then go into the next room and see the actual painting so it's quite cool because it was very like subtle you just sit and look around and listen to these kind of audio performances of of people who knew him describing him in his studio he was very like ill at the time he was very poor mm. you know bad times but he was he was creating some cool artwork um instead of kind of like a big flashy kind of piece that would steal the show because mm. obviously it's not it's not about the vr the vr's there to like complement the art so yeah, and it was the launch of Vive Arts, which is HTC's big kind of multi-million dollar initiative to have higher quality kind of cultural, artistic, educational experiences on Viveport. So the kind of galleries all around the world are going to be doing this kind of stuff. So Okay, and so can yeah. anyone, anyone kind of go to this exhibition now and kind of experience? Yeah, if you yeah. have a ticket to the exhibition, I think you have to like choose to get a time ticket to go see the experience. But then it's also going to be on Viveport. So if you have Vive at home, there's a version where you can like walk around the studio and pick up objects. It's actually better. If you're just interested in the VR, but it's actually better to do it at home. So that's going to be available in December. I'm not sure it's going to be free or paid for. I imagine it'll be paid for. Um, but yeah, well worth a look. So you were sat down in this kind of VR room. Yes. So there were no controllers. There was no walking around. I was going to say that's, that's disappointing. I feel like it might have been quite a good scenario if you know you're all kind of wandering around with headsets, kind of bumping into each other as you get lost in all these paintings, but you know, people can just do that on their own, I guess. Yeah, so they did say they were looking at kind of mobile wireless VR. I'm not sure which one, um, but they kind of discounted that idea because they just needed the resolution when you're kind of recreating these paintings. You don't want kind of lower quality mobile VR. Really. Yeah, also since to see kind of like HTC's next Vive you know, the, the next they generation be, yeah, stuff. Yeah, they want to be called Vive now. Yeah, yeah. So it's then like, the Vive next Vive generation, how they kind of work all that stuff in. But yeah, no, it's, it does sound cool. I think it's cool because obviously the first gen of headsets and kind of big launches still is focusing on gamers. Mm. And I think we've talked about it a lot, Mike, haven't we, about how we want to kind of look at the non-gaming experiences on well, the yeah, PlayStation I mean, as well. Yeah, I mean, I think this is an interesting thing for me. Is this the are these the kind of things that are gonna push VR into the mainstream? Do, I mean, do you think do you think that, that these are the, these? I are don't the think ways? this like, experience alone will. But yeah. I think this push to have kind of cultural educational stuff is is really good. And they were saying that actually they think nearly everyone who tries this out that will be their first time using VR because they know the profile of the kind of people who'd buy tickets to this exhibition. So that's pretty cool. And they've already yeah. had kind of older people going in. And obviously Vive spoils you. So I that's think the thing, if yeah. that's your first time in VR and it's a very well done kind yeah. of experience looking around all this antique furniture and, you know, things exactly as they would be. And then you maybe go and try like a cardboard or just a badly designed gear VR game. Mm. Then you'll be like, well, let, let's go back to the... Mm. The lovely vibe. Let's, let's buy a yeah, let's buy a vibe. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> 
careful getting into yeah. BF territory and if you there. want to do that, then they... <laughs> strike one. Strike one. For it's one milk. strike each, I think. So, yeah, it's kind of been unofficial VR week on the site this week, hasn't it, accidentally? Because there's just a lot of cool projects and things opening. So we also sent one of our freelancers to the IMAX VR Centre in Manchester. So that's Europe's first one. They've kind of been in LA and a few other places. What's special about Manchester, Sophie? Um, I'm from Manchester. That's a special thing, surely. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether that's what probably, you were going for then. That's probably why they went there. Yeah. Like, I think oh. so. I think they knew I was a VR expert and then they tried to entice <laughs> they me lured, there. They lured you in, really. I actually said, oh, I can't make this event. <laughs> I'll have to send someone else. Um, but no, I'm going to try it next time I go. It's in the Trafford Centre. So any, any listeners in the UK who have been to the Trafford Centre. Get yourself check, down there. Yeah, check yeah. it out. So yeah, again, it's Vive, um, but they are looking at Star VR, which has a higher resolution headset for in the future. So they're not kind of, IMAX isn't tying themselves down to, to one piece of hardware. There's kind of multiplayer, there's seated, standing, they got cool like rumbling seats and kind of extra accessories. So they're going for that kind of, you couldn't set this all up at home kind of thing. There's also lots of movie tie-ins. So I know David, who wrote this up, um, played some Justice League kind of tie-in. There was the the Star Trek bridge crew multiplayer as well. So that's pretty cool. Again, it's like they specifically chose the Trafford Centre in Manchester to get the real-world feedback of kind of non-urban kind of early adopter type people. Maybe they just class the North as the the real real world. world. We're living in this crazy bubble. (laughs) And yeah, let's see what the the real folk think of VR. Mm -hmm. So I'd be intrigued to see how well that does. It's kind of £7, £50, £10, like a go. And then the idea is that you maybe go before you go to the cinema or you kind of combine it with kind of shopping or kind of days out. You know, the, the suggestion was like you could go for an event like Stag Do, Hen Do. You know, VR, kind of VR Stag Do's. It could be part of it. Could get quite, yeah, could get nice quite messy if you've never been in VR before. Don't really, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't really understand your... Go to, go to Prague in VR. Yeah. You have to do it before you get drunk. Yeah. Oh, I see. Sorry, the whole stag do is in VR. Oh wow! Oh my God, you should set up a company Guys, that, to, that does going, this. Going to Prague, my stag do, but it's a twist. We're just staying in Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So that yeah, that's that's kind of opened. I think it opens today, Friday, hmm. or possibly Thursday, Thursday or Friday. So yeah, check that out if you're local. Yeah, as I said, there are LA. I think New York. There's a few other places that they're already open and they're going to open kind of 10 to 15 more, I think, in the next kind of year Don't or so. Big. So, yeah, yeah, it's IMAX, it's Odeon. Um, they've got a lot of big partners. So Oh, it's exciting. I think it's exciting. Like, speaking about the, the Vive stuff with the, the exhibitions and also this IMAX stuff, I think it looks like it's getting, it's finally, or it feels like it's getting the support from these, the, the big companies that it needs to have the support and the kind of people behind. And it's probably, you know, we're probably looking at the next two, three years where it feels more of the norm. Um, Wait, I think we've like, covered like film festivals for a while and it's all yeah. very well and good having lots of wonderful VR mm. installations at yeah. film festivals. Well, that's not the wider audience you really need, is it? So it's, the, it's, these, it's these kind of tie-ups and partnerships are actually, you know going to give the people that have never experienced VR the opportunity to do it and to do it with the kind of the highest level and the highest kind of versions of kind of virtual reality and I think that's a I think that's a really good thing that's an exciting thing and I can only see it getting bigger kind of next year the next you know the coming years with VR I think a lot of the time we've seen 
like gimmicky ideas and just trying to use it for the sake of it but I think if you know with the exhibition seems to have been done quite well like their x-ray and paintings and I think the more you know examples we see of that that can only be good for VR and I think you want it to be a situation where people go into that kind of situation and come out thinking that VR is this great thing whereas you know if they come out and see it as kind of like a novelty then that hurts I think at the long term yeah like, I think even if not everyone needs to want to have a headset at home mm-hmm. but I think if people come out thinking oh that's something I would do again or that's something I would yeah, do or regularly just thinking, like it's impressive technology like yeah and something that they would recommend or like talk about in a you know in a good light I think yeah that's like word helps. of mouth yeah exactly yeah cool all right well there's lots of VR features up on the site right now if you want to check those out we also looked at kind of empathy enhancing VR whether it can persuade us you know to care more about animals or charities or or all that kind of stuff so that's interesting as well let's talk about getting hench Mm. which is Connor's what's the official title of this diary series Connor's strength training diary okay and what week are we in we are just completed week nine okay that's quite a lot of weeks coming towards the end it's uh is it a 10 week diary or more hmm i mean it's i'd say there's a couple more weeks left in it maybe next week is the final week depending on how much of a slog i find it this week but um okay so i haven't read your entries in like you haven't you haven't been keeping up to date with my diary i haven't read this week but basically check him out is he hench like i can't remember what he looked like before (laughs) (laughs) sophie does not pay attention (laughs) sorry Um, but basically, you were just slating loads of wearables. So last time I checked, weeks mm-hmm. four, five, six, etc., you were I was kind in of a bad place. Apple, Fitbit, Garmin. You were kind of like, oh, this is what each one does, but this is what I wish it did. So where, so where are you at now? Totally, yeah. So I think so. I started with the Apple Watch, and you know, while Apple itself doesn't really have any, you know, of its own strength training mode or any, you know, modes or anything like that, I think there's a lot of obviously app support. Um, so that's something I spent a bit of time with and I actually found it okay. I mean, it's the first time I've used like a wearable for strength training. But I think while it was fine, I think overall um, it's something that requires a lot of login and, you know, screen time, I guess. You know, which is, that is fine for some people, I feel. But, you know, the end result is something that you want kind of more automated. Whereas, yeah, I think with, with Garmin, for example, they have automatic exercise detection. They have rep counting. Um, so in that sense, it is dip- different from the Apple Watch. Yeah, but even with that, it's it's a situation where, for me, rep counting needs to work kind of all the time or it's essentially pointless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and similar to, you know, in a, with exercise detection, if something isn't picking it up you know, at all, then it's kind of one of those things that creates more work for you after you're finished working out and you have to kind of log stuff in. So what's the latest thing you've been trying? So after kind of exploring, as I say, the Apple Watch and Garmin, Fitbit, I will just add the Ionic. I mean, while it has a strength training mode, like you know, weightlifting, I think it's called, there's nothing really there. This literally just tracks the time you've been working out, calories, and just keeps an eye on your heartbeat. And, you know, we'll just, it does have, you know, Fitbit, like the coaching platform kind of does have, you know, core exercise things for you to follow, but there's nothing really there for anybody who's looking at the Ionic as something to maybe help them. Um, but I've been using like a more dedicated, like specialist strength training device, uh, the Atlas wristband, which is actually quite old now, isn't it? Like we, it's a Kickstarter campaign that first, or Indiegogo that first launched 
kind of back in 2014. Um, oh, right, yeah. It rings a bell from kind of the start of Wearable, I think we've been mm, covering it. Yeah, um, and they've released different stuff since then. They've kind of had like a more beginner level fitness tracking kind of band. But this, while not the best design, it's kind of like a fitness band with a weird modular kind of screen attached. It kind of hits, in terms of software, hits what Garmin doesn't from rep counting and exercise detection. Um, and I've only used it a couple of times, but I think, you know, the, you can see the step up between specialist devices and kind of what the main, you know, the mainstream ones that are giving you. So, Does yeah. Does that like plug into like HealthKit or Google Fit? Can you kind of use it, it with other stuff? It, it plugs into health, uh, HealthKit. Um, so as, you know, I use like an iPhone, so obviously it's been plugging into that. So yeah, I think, and in terms of like the feedback, there's more to be done. I think I've talked about it in the diary series, but you know, just not just tracking stuff, but you want, you know, feedback. If you've, you know, had two chest and tricep sessions in four days, then maybe you need to take a break. And maybe that's something that, you know, the app would pick up on in feedback. And so this is your like wish list, basically. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And I think just, you know, I think designs for specialist stuff still are pretty weak. Um, so, I, you know, people don't, or at least I wouldn't want something that draws attention in the gym. I feel like you know, when you look around, like people don't really have this stuff on. So I think if you're tapping your wrist all the time, don't worry about that. No, Are you but concerned yeah. about what people at the gym think. Of but you? I also think it's one of those things that, like, a lot of people are in the same boat. I think people are very like conscious of how, like, what they're doing in the gym because everyone's kind of like on their own, got headphones in. You know, do they want to be like looking down at their? I think that I mean, in just kind of if you're on a machine and stuff, if you're like, on your phone, I think that's like considered like poor. So are people been laughing at you in the gym massively. Massively, to tell, tell them people have been like these te- cruel hipsters. Yeah. yeah, they've been teasing me, calling me names. Should tell yeah. the management. Uh, they're doing it as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think overall the it's it's a very like it's it's a route. It's like an area within wearable tech that still has a lot of room to grow, and I think something that the bigger brands just haven't looked at at all. I don't think it's a priority at all. I think it's very. You know, running like running is obviously a lot easier for people to get into. The same, you know, with swimming and cy- maybe not cycling, but I think it's still a lot more accessible than, you know, in terms of software development as well. I think it's a lot easier for companies to like lower hanging fruit. That they exactly, can, yeah, and they which can makes sense. Them. Totally yeah. does. Um, but do you same- want to talk about your um, goals and and how far you are? Yeah. So I mean, it's from the start. I think, you know. When you're doing it, it's one of those things you kind of have to go all in and yeah, and you set yourself goals. It obviously changes over time, but in terms of kind of what's changed, I've put on, I think, around between like half a stone and a stone, but also lost, like my body fat percentage has gone down. This is all according to the, the Garmin index scale. Could all be wrong. Um, <laughs> so what, what was your body fat? According to the scales, and what uh, it was around like thirteen percent, and now we're at about like eleven percent. I think it is um, when I last checked. So, I don't know what that means. So I mean, that's is that, is that good, Mike. That yeah, good? I mean, I feel like it's okay. It's kind of where I want to be. That's an improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Going I'm in the right sorry. direction. It's going in the right I'm direction. Tre- I'm trending in the right direction yeah. in my you know form. You're on that journey to henchness. Exactly. Which but is, is that despite wearable tech, <laughs> not <laughs> thanks to it? I think, or? yeah, well, this is the thing. Like, I think I knew before the series started that, you know, maybe this is something that it was just going to be along for the ride kind of thing. And it was more just about, 
seeing where these companies could improve mm -hmm. and also exploring why they aren't doing it, you know, for example. And I think, yeah, the message I would give anyone is do not buy these devices for you know strength training because it's not they're not at this time they're not focused towards is that, that even the atlas or would you say consider I would, that so I'm, the I mean, sorry that i mean like main so yes. like your apples your garments i think you know even though they offer it in some capacity i think i i, I think it's just low i think maybe it's just low your expectations of what these wearables can deliver for you in terms of weight training and that you know what you would kind of want and what I think rep counting is probably the the easiest thing to add at the moment from a software perspective because you've got the sensors those accelerometer sensors which is probably what is being used and it's about taking advantage of those sensors without adding extra technology mm -hmm. and I think I think it is I think it is on the minds of people at like Apple and Samsung and going these guys and I do think they want to deliver something but I think they need to get those bases covered which they know they can deliver on with the kind of you know running and swimming and kind of you know the, the exercise they know that they can kind of deliver a good experience and then I think they will continue to kind of refine what they can offer in terms of what Connor was trying to find in a wearable and I've yeah, I would agree that, you know, from the ones that I've used, I don't think they're quite there yet. I think Garmin is going in the right direction. I really like what Atlas are doing, and I I have a feeling that, you know, they're going to do exciting things, you know, next year as well. And they, their software is probably the closest of any of them in terms Definitely. of yeah. catering for, for people who kind of basically live in the kind of weight section at a gym. Um but I think, yeah, it's. It, it, I definitely think it's kind of low their expectations. You know, if you're kind of doing cardio and kind of hit training and stuff like that, I think, you know, they, these these wearables are still going to look after you pretty well. I just think, you know, just didn't go in there thinking it's going to kind of transform if you expect them to kind of lift more weights and kind of mm. really keep a closer eye and, get, and give you the insights. I think that's the key thing as well, having the insights in the, in the data afterwards. Um, it's very much secondary at the moment or maybe like not even thought about it really aside from just counting your reps it's the next thing is is now recording that data making it feel part of your overall day and telling you what it you know giving you insights into what that means and i think it'll be interesting to see what apple does with gym kit now we've just seen that rollout in australia but and obviously that at the moment is you know very much focused on you know treadmills and you know, like stair machines and things like that, but it would be bizarre if that didn't eventually make its way across to, you know, like weight machines and things like that. So maybe that's something, maybe that's where Apple is heading with it. When's that coming to kind of US and UK then? We don't really have kind of any time frame. Obviously, Apple is working with different like manufacturers of you know, machines. Like, I mean, they've said, haven't they, that it's 80% of kind of equipment in gyms like around the world is like you know, they're, they're working with those companies. So we, I mean, I think in the new year we'll start to see that those you know, kind of, that kind of equipment flood into the UK and and the US in terms of when it comes to what you know weight. We haven't really heard any indications at all. But yeah, as I say, I think that is definitely an area that Apple will explore. I mean, a global rollout over the next couple of months kind of makes sense. You know, everyone's going to have their Apple watches. You know, or get them as presents at Christmas. Everyone's you know you have that New Year's kind of resolutions going to the gym in January. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that, that equipment is already, you know, everywhere and, you know, people can start using them. And I agree, I think this is probably just the start of what Gym Kit is going to be capable of. So, Mike, you were getting charged up about Apple Watch bands last week, weren't you? 
I was, I was getting charged up. I mean, I was very positive about Apple Watch bands. I really like them, but I would kind of, kind of state this: that charged up isn't just a feature about me talking about myself and my wearables. <laughs> it, uh, has been, it has been, for two <laughs> it has weeks. been for two weeks. But um, this week, I've kind of changed tack and I've kind of talked more a little bit about kind of niche wearables. Um, and I wanted to kind of talk about smart swimming goggles, which don't exist yet. But I've kind of got more into my swimming since you know, since I've been a wearable. There's been a lot to test. Apple and Samsung are now obviously pushing swim tracking features in their devices. And I think it it makes a lot of sense to have those kind of smarts in your goggles, like kind of like a like a kind of heads up display type setup where, you know, you're not, you know, it's not a, it's not a massive issue to look down at your wrist and kind of see your metrics on your watch. But it could be I think it would be a great way to kind of move that data in front of you and you kind of you know you focus on what you're doing kind of in the pool or out you know out in the open water problem is there's um there's been a few startups that have tried to make it happen or are in the process uh actually before i started at wherever one of the companies that i remember reading about was instabeat which they raised they raised well apparently necessary funds to make their you know their products come to life which was kind of mount it kind of a wearable that mounts onto your swimming goggles and kind of gives you that kind of heads up space style kind of setup and you know monitors all your metrics now that was supposed to launch in 2013 and then that got pushed back and it got pushed back again um and the latest was supposed to be spring 2017 we still haven't seen it so we're now at the end of 2017 yeah and um you know there's other there's other startups that have tried to do something similar so there's a couple of companies that we've spoken to, one that's kind of going through crowdfunding at the moment and is on goal to raise their money and another company that is wanting to enter that space. But I mean, what what is obviously or abundantly clear here is that while it, I think it, you know, it makes a lot of sense to kind of innovate, you know, from this kind of perspective for swimming, it's obviously very difficult to do. And, you know, I'm no, I'm no designer, I'm no engineer, but I, I can kind of foresee the kind of, issues that you would have from a from a technical perspective um just the challenges of making something that has to be waterproof you know i've spoken to fitbit and other kind of smaller companies who've tried to make or are making waterproof wearables and they say that in itself is just really difficult so yeah, the, put, the fitbit flex 2 was delayed wasn't it on on waterproofing yeah issues. so i think you know that's that's one that's one part of it and then you know then it's the adding the smarts and trying to keep it in a kind of slimline design nobody wants to be wearing bulky kind of swimming goggles and i do think there is potential there and i've spoken to a lot of companies who, who do believe there's a lot of potential there i just i just hope maybe you know the next 12 18 months that something might happen i don't think it will probably happen from the likes of Apple and Samsung and Garmin, but it might take a smaller startup to really kind of pull this off. And uh, and I think it could be really good for wearables in general in terms of what can be achieved. For some reason, I'm imagining you swimming in like a motorcycle helmet. <laughs> well, that, right that, that's because we've just looked at, we've had one of our writers look at a heads-up display for, for, for motorcyclists. But I think, I mean, obviously there's similar challenges, there's similar challenges with that and what's, what's presented to you obviously there's not the same dangers in terms of like you're out and kind of riding or driving but um there's also about what data you should be able to see and how much and there's i i can appreciate there are a lot of challenges and i hope that you know maybe instabeat still i mean i think it's probably very unlikely will still deliver on what they promise but i think hope you know hopefully we'll see other startups kind of 
you know, fill that void and actually deliver something that will kind of revolutionise and kind of innovate in that space. What do you use for swimming tracking at the moment? Uh, so a variety of things. I mean, I, I, this is the thing. I don't think it's a massive problem of what a lot of these wearables kind of do. I, you know, I think obviously Garmin and Polo are, are very much reliable kind of companies in that space. And I think what Apple have done, uh, what Fitbit have done as well, the Ionic, I think they're very, very strong. Uh, so the Braggies do swim tracking. And the Braggies as well. Swim, I mean, yeah. that's a, you know that's another thing. I oh, I listen to music that everything like in terms of when I'm running or I'm in the gym. Braggy's probably the closest to kind of delivering, you know, delivering that not perfectly, but that you can use them in the water. But that, that, that's not perfect as well. So there's still that opportunity to do that as well. I'm sure there's a whole host of people that would pref- would love to be able to work out, w- you know, with music in the water. The solutions that are, are there, there are solutions, but they're not fantastic. And you know, I've tried and they're a lot of them, and they've not, they've had a lot of issues. So. I definitely think, yeah, you know, companies like Braggy will, I think, help evolve and kind of change what it's capable of. Like, you know, it's hard enough making wearables where you're just walking walking around day in, day out. Trying to do it when you have to kind of be submerged in water for most of the time is a whole, you know, a whole other issue. Um, but I'm confident that these, these there's companies out there uh, that can kind of solve the issue and hopefully will deliver something, you know, in the near future. Cool. All right. Any other business before we finish? Uh, for me, well, I've got the. Uh, I, I will say that I'm now the owner of a Nokia Steel HR, which is well. To break it to you, it's the Withing Steel <laughs> HR. Um, but you know, I haven't worn a Withings, where we call it Nokia now, um, for a long time. But it's quite. It's been quite nice to wear one again because it, I've been able to appreciate the work they've done in terms of design and also there's been big changes on the software front and um, that's why I think it'll be interesting what happens with Nokia next year is what happens to their HealthMate platform. I think they've streamlined a lot of what happened when it was under the Withings brand and you know they're, they're talking about recommendations and programs that you can kind of enter and kind of take part in and I think it'll be interesting to see how that kind of rolls out um, but essentially, yeah, it's the same watch, but I mean, it's still a very nice hybrid. And I, you know, up there with the Garmin Vivo Move HR, it's still one of my favorites, definitely. Okay, let's wrap up. You can read about all the stuff we've been talking about on the website. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks, Mike. That's okay. Thanks, Connor. No problem. And we'll be back in two weeks. Remember, guys, keep wearing it well. Good luck finding those doorbusters. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Rain. <laughs> Purple rain. Purple rain. Purple rain.